Boom blast. And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. As always, my name is Sean Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Raptors fans, how we doing on this Sunday night as the Raptors West Coast trip continues means the Wrap It Up West Coast tour continues as well as we are up late night discussing another Toronto Raptors win as they improve to 3-1 on this West Coast road trip after a 118-113 victory. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in. As you do live on Twitter, at Shell Alexander for this, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. Same thing goes for Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander. We take your comments and questions as mentioned, and of course, we got, we got you covered. We know it's late night. So we got the podcast people that'll be listening to this in the morning on their morning commutes. Shouts to those people, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, all that fun stuff. We really appreciate you for joining in on this, the movement that is the Wrap It Up podcast. Again, if you're looking to like and subscribe, just know that On Blast is the network, Wrap It Up is the show. So let's get to the shits. Raptors looked very sluggish in this game. This game to me was one of those, we're not really into it. We're going to try to just hang around, hang around. Hopefully it's close and we can win it late. But this was a kind of ugly game, if you ask me, from the Raps in terms of their defense wasn't really on point at any point, really, during the game. I mean, their bench, they got absolutely nothing from their bench. And I say nothing, but literally is why I look up the stats. They had seven points from their bench, so not much contribution there. Pascal struggled for most of the game again, but came up big late, and it was a Norman Kyle show. So lots to talk about here on the Wrap It Up podcast uh, after the Raptors improve, as mentioned, to 3-1 on this road trip. In fact, it's the first time the Raptors have had two winning road trips in road trips that involve at least five games in a season. That's pretty big. That's a big deal. When you think about how tough these road trips can be, especially now when you're talking about going through to two LA teams, which we know are two beast mode squads, but Sacramento's a good team. They got Utah tomorrow night on the second night of a back-to-back. Denver, obviously, is one of the top teams in the West. So for you to have the ability to go out on these West Coast trips and come back home with winning records, that's a legit team right there. That is what this Toronto Raptors organization has become, just in terms of a team that doesn't really give away games. I mean, I'm saying this now ahead of what could happen in Utah tomorrow night when the Raps obviously will be on the second night of a back-to-back and their starters carried a lot of the load in this game. But at the end of the day, credit where credit's due. Raps get the win. They're trying to sort out their bench. Marcus Gasol is back in the lineup for the first time. Also on a minutes restriction after he missed, what, I think it was 15 games with a uh, hamstring injury. So super interesting stuff there. So many places we could start, and I think we got to start with Pascal Siakam because he's going to be the talk of the town because he had a great fourth quarter or what we call winning time here on this podcast where Pascal scored. 
He had 11 points total in the fourth quarter, but my guy had eight straight buckets for the Toronto Raptors, or eight straight points, pardon me, not buckets. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Down the stretch, Pascal, once again, and this is a second straight game where he struggled with his shooting, the shooting did not look good throughout the entire game, and then credit to Nick Nurse, credit to Kyle Lowry, they don't care about what happened during the game. They're making the point that down the stretch in winning time, Pascal is our guy and we're going to try to win games going through him. And here's the thing. Nick Nurse said this. He said so much after the All-Star break that that was a plan going forward for the rest of the season to really try to see how Pascal would do in those situations where he's a guy in crunch time. And let's be honest, he's delivered. So, Here's the thing, right? Because everyone's going to be breaking down what's going on. Or maybe you just look at the stat line. And the overall stat line seems good. 23 points, 7 of 15 shooting. I mean, the, the 2 of 8 from 3 isn't a good look, but we'll get to that in a sec. But also 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. Solid night for Pascal Siakam. But what I like to do on this pod is kind of like dive a little deeper. Try to maybe find explanations to what we're seeing as Raps fans, right? Try to see the greater reasons behind the trends that are happening. And again, Pascal down the stretch, money. Pascal in the beginning of the game, not so much. And again, I keep saying this over and over again. You might see the tweets on Twitter. It's shot selection. And the huge difference to me between Pascal in the fourth quarter in winning time and Pascal during the game, you just got to think about it and break down the shot selection. So in crunch time, obviously the Raptors are running design sets for Pascal Siakam. Obviously they're running pick and rolls to try to get him more favorable matchups in crunch time. But also the perfect example of coming out of that timeout, they let him come down, come downhill from about the other side of half court. He gets a full head of steam, goes through, uses the pick, scores with his left hand. That's a design set play by the Toronto Raptors. So what does that tell you? They're putting him in positions to succeed in which he's getting favorable matchups or getting the ball where he's in a place that he likes on the court, right? Where he can cook, a favorable position where he likes to get buckets. Now, so you might be asking, what's the problem with the rest of the game? Why is he struggling in the during the rest of the game? And to me, it comes down to, again, shot selection. I think, I say this all the time, in this modern NBA where everybody shoots threes now, we kind of forget that there's a difference between being a good three-point shooter and being able to shoot threes. Do you know what I mean? So like Brooke Lopez can shoot threes now. That doesn't mean that he's a good three-point shooter. And sometimes the numbers are lying, right? Because the numbers aren't really, unless you're going into the real Statner numbers to shoot, you know, to break down contested threes as opposed to wide open threes. But we're just looking at, you know, your normal shooting percentages. And what happens with Pascal a lot is he's found this new tool, right? Like in three years or in two years, really, he's developed and turned into like a three-point shooter. He can shoot threes. So what ends up happening now against certain teams is they sag off him. And every time someone sags off him, he takes that three-point shot. Now, I get it. You can shoot threes, but it doesn't mean that you have to take that shot every time. And I think that that's where he's getting himself into trouble because in this game, he started out one of seven from three. And it's the same thing where you're kind of open. They're sagged off of you, but do you have to take that shot? 
No. And going back to making the comparison again between what's happening during the game and what's happening in crunch time is he's getting the ball within the flow of the offense, within a designed play call, within a designed set, meaning the rest of the team is moving in unison to create him this shot or create an opportunity where maybe if he drives, there's other options off the ball movement where, hey, Norm's wide open for a three or Kyle's open for a three or there's someone else rolling to the basket. Does that make sense? Whereas I feel during the game, a lot of the times it's kind of, they pass him the ball and everyone stands and watches him. And then he just tries to either barrel to the basket or shoot that three. It's not within the flow of the offense. It's not within anyone else's plays. They're just kind of tossing him the ball and it's ISO, but he's not really that mid-range, you know, and I hate to keep using the example of Kawhi or even LeBron or whatever, but that's still not Pascal's game where you're just going to dump it to him and he's going to create a play. That's to me, is a difference as to why you're seeing him be successful in crunch time and winning time and why his shots have been kind of off for the majority of the past two games. It's all situation. Nick Nurse drawing up plays, um, them setting picks to where he's getting the favorable matchup. And I say this a lot because I want everyone to know too, this isn't about picking on Pascal. This is a process. I remind you guys all the time about the story Pascal told in the interview, I think it was with Michael Grange, where he said two years ago, Kyle Lowry had to beg Dwayne Casey to let him dribble. So I'm the one that's here to remind you guys that this is a process. I know that he got the max money deal. I know that he's, you know, the number one option and supposed to replace Kawhi's buckets and all that stuff. But I'm here to remind you guys, this is a process and it's a learning experience. So he knows in his mind, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get to 25, but when things aren't going well early on, or if someone else has it going early, sometimes he just settles into, I'm going to shoot this shot just cause not because it's a good shot, not because it was in the flow of the offense, but just cause. And that's kind of where he's got to figure things out a little bit more and let the game come to him, which <laughs> I can't even believe I'm about to say this. But letting the game come to him is exactly where your man's Norman Powell continues to live. As Norm has another banging game, Norm with 31 points on 11 of 21 shooting, Norm 6 of 12 from beyond the arc, 5 assists for Norm as well. Sorry, let me stop here for a sec, because you got to give credit to Norm, Pascal, and Kyle, each with at least 5 assists in this game. That's great production from your top 3 scores at the offensive end, but... When you look at what Norman Powell is doing, he continues to score in an assortment of ways, whether it's going to the basket, whether it's off the dribble, whether it's mid-range, whether it's, and, and going to the basket and finishing with both hands, which is tough to do, but Norm, you can tell as well when he's driving to the basket and he knows he has to throw it down, and he did in this game with a couple huge dunks by Norman Powell, but he's just in such a flow and such a rhythm right now that even when he does take the odd quote-unquote bad shot, you don't mind it because he's feeling it. And we were talking about it the other day at work. I was asking one of my boys, C. Brown, who is... We've had a, a long discussion with... A long history of debating back and forth with Norman Powell. But the crux of our conversation was, are we at a point where we're just expecting Norm to put in work every night now? Like, is that the universe in which we live in as watching the Toronto Raptors that we just expect Norman Powell to get busy 
and put up like 20, 20 to 25 every night. And I think I'm there. Like, I'm going to be stunned if Norm puts up 10 points in a game. It just doesn't make sense with everything that we've seen so far because my guy just continues to get busy. And the Raptors needed it in this game. You're talking about a game where they got nothing from their bench. And Terrence Davis continues to struggle. He was missing shots. He had a couple bad turnovers. Um, Just not a good game from Terrence Davis. He lost his minutes in the second half to Matt Thomas, who also didn't really give the Raps much. I mean, he missed a couple threes. Mark Gasol, we know he's working his way back in, but he didn't really have it offensively either. Macaw's Macaw, which I'm not going to discuss Patrick Macaw or debate Patrick Macaw every single night with Raptors fans, but I'm not expecting buckets from Macaw, so he only had three points. Rondé only saw six minutes in this game and nothing from Boucher, no minutes at all. So a tough night for the Raptors bench. So with that said, the scoring needed to come from your starters. And when you break it down, all five of your starters in double digits, you have Pascal at 23, OG with a very solid game, 12 points. And I think OG did a really good job late. There was a great play, OG taking a dime and dunking it with two hands strong in the paint. And I've been saying, we know the defense that OG gives, but if he continuously is in that 12 to 15 point range, that's kind of where I see OG. And you got to be happy with that. If you're getting that 12 to 15 points from OG, and he's playing his OG-style defense, you take that. Four of seven from the floor, two of three from three. Solid game there. Serge Ibaka, we know he continues to cook in the paint. 15 points, 10 rebounds for Serge. Also add in five assists. And I mentioned Norman Powell's 31, but Kyle Lowry was right behind him. Kyle Lowry finished this game with 30 points. And I got to give Kyle Lowry a lot of love because he continues to do what Kawhi did so much last year. And what I mean by that is picking and choosing his spots. He's pacing out the game to the point where, okay, the lead is getting a little too much for Sacto. Kyle comes down, hits a big time three. Okay, the lead's getting a little too much again. Kyle's going to barrel to the basket and try to get to the free throw line to get some points on the board. Oh, the Raptors offense stalled for three minutes, which I want to say happened at three different instances in this game where the Raptors offense just had nothing going. And Kyle Lowry, again, just found a way to make plays and stop those runs. Keep the Raptors in, take the counter punches from the Kings, and just buy time to where, again, the game was close, and he handed the ball over to Pascal and said, bring us home. But Kyle Lowry... He did it in the second quarter, keeping the game close. He had 11 points in that second quarter to keep it close. And in fact, made the play to get Norm a three, which gave the Raps the lead at the half, which they probably didn't really deserve. Raps didn't have it on, on defense at all. And in fact, the Kings were just dominating the ball in the paint. And that was the key for Sacramento early. And as much as Sacramento was dominating in the paint, I want to say 30 of their first 46 points were in the paint for Sacramento. But as much as they were dominating the paint, the Raptors' three-point shooting was on fire. They finished just under 40% at 39.6% from three in this game. Raptors' 19 threes made in this game. Six from Norm, six from Kyle, two from Pascal, two from OG, one from Serge. Just solid three-point shooting all the round minus Pascal, but at the end of the day, Kyle Lowry doing the job again, and I mentioned what he did in the second quarter, but Kyle Lowry 
down the stretch as well. It was him and Norm really just getting it done and keeping the wraps in this ball game because the the flip side, if we look at things from the Kings' perspective, their starters really screwed up the game for them. When they went to their bench, their bench was able to match the energy and the pace and the tempo that the Raptors were playing with. And so in both the first and second half, Sacramento really made a run with their bench. And you're talking guys like Rashad Holmes, Kent Bazemore, uh, Buddy Heald, who comes off the bench for them now. And of course, your man's Kojo. Corey Joseph was a great steadying force for that Kings bench and really gave them gave them that extra boost that they needed. Because with the starters, they weren't keeping up with the Raptors' pace of play at all. Because we know how the Raptors love to push the ball up and down the floor, get tempo going. And the Kings bench did a really good job keeping that balance for their team. But then in the second half, same thing happens, right? Bazemore gets a huge dunk. That led, that I think capped a 14-4 run for the Kings. Uh, De'Aaron Fox hit a floater. Kings are up three. Raps call timeout. And out of that timeout, Raptors down. What happens? Kyle Lowry hits a three, (laughs) then gets a tough layup to go. Then drives and gets another tough layup. Seven straight points for Kyle out of a timeout. And that's before my guy just steps up and says, okay, he's a sense of the moment where he goes for what I call the the kill shot or I guess what Freddie likes to call the FU threes. Kyle then stepped up and hits a big three. And he was just in a zone at that point. Kyle and, and Norm had 15 of the first 16 points by the Raptors in that fourth quarter. And when you're getting production like that from your main guys, Again, you're buying time for somebody else, anybody else, to just help you. And in this case, it was Pascal, right? Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell scored 21 of the Raptors' first 24 points in the fourth quarter. And again, keeping the game close, buying time. And if not for De'Aaron Fox, the Kings would have been blown out of this game. But De'Aaron Fox put the team on his back, and he was trading threes with Kyle and Fred, keeping the game really close, had everything going. I mean, at one point with the Kings down three, the Raps do a good job defensively, and Fox just took it right to the cup, got an and one layup to tie the game, and then that's when, again, out of the timeout, Pascal just took over. The Raps just figured out how to win, and I know it's the Kings. You're not really talking about a playoff team, but you're still talking about a team that came in winners of seven of their last nine since the All-Star break. They're battling to get into the playoffs. They're they're trying to figure things out, right? So it's an up-and-coming team. So I'm not going to overreact and read way too much and think, yep, the Raptors have figured things out. Pascal in crunch time, he's the man. He's figured things out because it's still the Kings, right? So you take the win, a win you might not have really deserved, but you still take it because it's a tough road win. And Except the fact that, hey, Pascal did what he needed to do late down the stretch. And from the Kings, they'll probably end up kicking themselves. I mean, what they did late was puzzling to me. Like that play where they're down three, there's 14 seconds left. Buddy Heald's on the bench for whatever reason. I don't know what Luke Walton's doing. But Bielitsa takes a very Carlton Banks-esque type three with like mad time left on the clock. Like it just made no sense. Kings lose, but it's a reminder that they're still the Kings, right? But you see the signs there of potential, and Buddy he- Buddy Heald has been doing a bit better coming off the bench, and is fitting into that role, I guess. But De'Aaron Fox, man, that dude is a gamer. That guy, 
that guy's going to be good. Once he figures it out, or maybe, you know, the stench of this modern Sacramento Kings that just can't seem to get anything right. I don't know, but they, they got a weird team. There's some pieces there. There's some things that make sense. And then, yeah, the way they threw that at, away at the end, very interesting. But on the flip side, who cares if you're the Raps? Big win for them. They'll take it. And you gut out a win. This is what good regular season teams do, right? They win games that they might not deserve to, right? Games that they were down a lot in. And their star players, namely Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell, hold down the fort continue to make it a close game and Pascal close it out late. So again, Raptors win 118 to 113 to improve to 45 and 18 this season. Great win for the Toronto Raptors and the big lessons that I'll continue to bring up or questions that I want to ask you guys as we head into our ask on blast segment is what do you do with Fred when he comes back? So Marcus Gasol's back. They started Marcus Gasol coming off the bench in this game and he's on a minutes restriction but down the stretch, this might be a very interesting discussion. Serge obviously has played really well, but does he go back to the bench and do you still start Marcus Hall? But also maybe a more important question is, does Fred come back and get his starting spot and does Norm move back to the bench? It's interesting. I think personally, Serge has played really well, but Serge is about energy and getting um surges about energy and owning that middle and i think that what surge does at any point in the game coming off the bench it just means so much more to start the game the things that marcus all does might help pascal get off to better starts right getting pascal some easier buckets from marcus all and kyle lowry might get pascal you know not starting the game one of seven from three or settling for the three so I like the idea of keeping Marcus All in the starting lineup, but hey, that doesn't mean that Serge still can't get the majority of the minutes, and obviously it doesn't mean that Serge can't finish the game. I'm just talking about starting the game. Now, the flip side of that is Norm. We're talking about how Norm's just had it cooking now for a solid month, where Norm is just getting busy, and he's playing really well. Fred Van Fleet also has played pretty well this season, but I'd argue that the Raptors' better lineup in terms of starting the game is with Norman Powell starting, and you have Fred coming off the bench because Fred being able to lead that second unit, you won't have games like this where you're getting absolutely nothing from your bench. And I just think Fred Van Fleet has the ability to, you know, take kind of the the, the part of his game that he's develop, developed this year being a starter in terms of, I think he's done a way better job of getting others involved as well as scoring. If you take that Freddie and put him on the, on the bench unit, and now you're talking Freddie and Serge coming off your bench, you know, maybe with uh, Terrence Davis or Rondé, you figure that out. I think that's pretty interesting. I've always thought that heading into the playoffs, it's going to be really tough to play Kyle and Fred a lot of minutes together and especially starting just because I think other teams will match up, will make that a matchup problem. You're just giving a team a, an easy matchup to start the game. I, I've always thought that the destiny of this team come playoff time or the, the best place for Freddie, for this team come playoff time, is Freddie coming off the bench. Now, hey, again, that doesn't mean who gets the most minutes and who ends the game. 
We all know that Nick Nurse will figure that stuff out. But to me, that's a very interesting thing to see what happens down the stretch here, how that sorts out. But if you're asking me, and I'm going to ask you guys to start this Ask on Blast segment, I'm going to roll out with Marcus Gasol still going to start. Serge going to come off the bench. And I think I'm going to have Norman Powell in your starting lineup just because I think Norm not only has earned it, but I just think it's a better overall fit having or more traditional uh, backcourt in terms of Kyle and Norman Powell with OG and Pascal and Marcus Gasol as opposed to having Fred and Kyle in that backcourt. I just think that's giving you, you're asking for matchup problems because the other part of the playoffs is it's not going to be run and gun and up and down as the Raptors have been so successful this season, right? The Raptors success has come from pushing the play, getting up and down and not really letting the game settle into half court where teams can expose that Kyle and Fred backcourt matchup, right? They've done a great job of pushing the pace. Now, just style of play alone in the playoffs tells you that that's not going to be, you know, the possessions aren't going to be like that. And I, I, I'm using the, if you watch the Clippers-Lakers game earlier today, or even that Lakers-Bucks game on Friday night, that had a playoff-type intensity, but it was also, you. it's a reminder of how the playoffs are played. Possessions are a lot more valued. So teams are running or walking the ball up the floor, setting up more plays, seeking out proper mismatches. It's not really getting out and running, which has been the success for the Raptors this season. As Sportsnet Stats put this out earlier, Raptors lead the NBA in fast break points per game this season at 19.4 points per game. And a reminder, a lot of that comes from Kyle and Fred pushing the ball, pushing the pace, doing that consistently. Now, can you do that in the playoffs? Maybe. I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I don't think so, and history tells us that you can't. But I don't know. Stranger things have happened, right? So let's get to some comments here because I really want to know what you guys think as the Raptors win. Also, just they continue this great run. What do you guys think of the starting lineups going forward? Who should be in the lineup? Who should be out of the starting lineup? Let me know what you think. Again, this is called our Ask on Blast segment because we are interactive on this, the Wrap It Up podcast. So, uh, wanna bet UFC... Okay. On Twitter says Surge and Fred off the bench. Both close games, though, with Mark and OG and Norm sitting, depending on the situation. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said, right? Surge and Fred coming off the bench. And the reminder, too, the really reason I enjoy this comment is because I think the key factor here is that doesn't really tell you what's going to happen at the end of the game or even for the majority of the game, because we know that's going to be based on what happens throughout the game, what matchups just who's having more success that game. I'm just talking about starting the game, right? So totally agree there. Um, Fringe Fan Wiki on Twitter says, two solid four generals throughout the game. So that's kind of more my point as well. If you split up Kyle and Fred, you're kind of at least going to have, you're banking on having one of them on the floor at all times, right? That way you're not having games like this, which are few and far between, but still... You can't have that happen in playoff time, but you want to have you don't want to have a situation where you're having three minute, four minute offensive droughts. So if you split Kyle and Fred up, have one of them coming off the bench, Fred, then you your chances of having that are completely less, right? Um, 
Another comment here is asking, should OG be in to close games? I be I believe his defense makes him a must on the court. I totally agree. Basketball, we get all distracted by, you know, fancy dunks, three-point shooting, all that. But there's a reminder constantly that basketball is played at two ends of the floor. And a lot of times, especially in crunch time, a defensive stop is just as important as getting a bucket. And so you need someone like OG on the floor who is his whole mindset is just to play lockdown defense. His whole mindset is I got to get on the glass. You need that. So I think definitely OG should be on the floor to close games. And I also think that he's becoming a more reliable finisher, whether it's at the basket or even he's not hesitating to take that three if need be. So I like OG being on the lineup. Uh, let's switch to Instagram here. Uh, and brings up a good point and says, OKC is closing games with three guards and it's working for them. Uh, obviously that's Dennis Schroeder, our guy SGA and Chris Paul. And yeah, it is working really well for them as they had another great win today against the Boston Celtics. And I think it just comes down to your team right? It comes down to your team. It comes down to where your scoring is. And when you look at OKC, they need to play those three guys because they need the scoring from all those three guys. That's just how their team is constructed, right? You're not going to get many buckets from Steven Adams that aren't created from one of those three guys. Gallo, maybe here and there, but if you're going to look at OKC, I'm going to say that 80%, if not more, of their baskets are made by plays made by three of those guys, whether it's Schroeder, whether it's Chris Paul, or whether it's SGA. So everything goes through those three guys. So that's why those three guys play and they're three guards. That's It's by necessity. The Raptors, I think, have different options. The Raptors can match up to different teams in different ways. You saw it tonight. There was a lineup that Nick Nurse threw out that had Serge, Marc Gasol, and Pascal as their front line. And... That's just another option that the Raptors have, and they can do that because you can get scoring from other places. You can dump it to Serge in the post, and he can make a play, right? Pascal can get a bucket if you give him the ball. Even Gasol, they don't do it as much, but if you dump it to Gasol, he can get a bucket. OKC, I think they're more playing those three guys out of necessity. Those are just their three best players that they need in the lineup at all times. Uh... Jay picks up and says Rockets play more guards on the floor, which is totally true. But I think the Rockets as well are another example of everything goes through Russ and James Harden. And, you know, Eric Gordon obviously is a big score for them. And the Rockets, I think, are just a completely different example than anyone else. So, yeah. Uh, Austin says no one is saying Freddie and Lowry can't play together. We just need one of them on the court at all times. Great point there by Austin, because I think that is really the key here. The Raptors are just better serviced if one of those guys are on the court at all times. And you're not relying on everyone's favorite Raptor. I say this sarcastically, obviously. But if you're not relying on everyone favorites, everyone's favorite Raptor, Patrick McCaw, <laughs> to be leading the offense, right? Or to be that quote-unquote point guard. So it'll be super interesting to see. Uh, Glow Girl Smile says Norm and Freddie interchangeable because as well as Gasol and Abaka, same thing, it's based off playoff matchups. 
Keeping the other team guessing is a good Nick Nurse strategy. It's true. It also just shows the options the Raptors have. Like, this is a good problem to have, right? Like, I'm not saying that playing Kyle and Fred is horrible. It's just now it's time as you're seeing the glow up of Norm continue and you're seeing the consistency of Norm and the half-court sets, the Raptors will be better served, I think, with Norm in the starting lineup just because in the half-court set, he has a better ability to be able to get a bucket, I think, than Freddie and Kyle in the backcourt. And also, Norm is a very good defender, too. And you might run into a situation where you need a little bit more size or a little more grittiness from that two-guard spot than having Kyle or Fred trying to guard, let's say, Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward. But again, good problems to have. It's a very good conversation. Uh, Austin says, fast pace is how we won the finals. Totally true. But that's just against Golden State. Right, like Golden State, that was the matchup. That was the way the Raps had to play against Golden State to beat them. I think the Raps probably wanted to play that way against the Bucks, but I don't really know if you do want to play that way against the Bucks, right? Like that's kind of how the Bucks want to play this year. And I'm talking minus Kawhi, right? So it just depends. It's all a matchup based, but I just think traditionally the playoffs ends up being slowed down pace. And even the Bucks, the Bucks want to get up and down and run. But in that game Friday night against the Lakers, it was slowed down and it had a very playoff feel to it. And it wasn't the same Bucks team running up and down and shooting threes and Giannis just going downhill every single time. There were bits and pieces of that, but it just wasn't the same as you normally see the Bucks play because it had that playoff feel. But it's still a good point there by Austin for sure. Um, let's see some more comments. Len says, I think this team's biggest weapon is its ability to adapt based on what the matchup dictates. So platooning Norman Fred Van Fleet based on matchup won't be a terrible idea. It's a very interesting point, Len. I totally agree with you. I think that's a thing to work. Um, it's definitely a thing to think about. And you know that's kind of how Nick Nurse makes his money making adjustments on the fly. He's definitely not afraid to try things. And also what we've seen from this two years under Nick Nurse is he's totally cool to to roll the dice and shake things up and try different lineups. So we're probably going to get a good look of a bunch of different things. And I would assume Fred doesn't play against Utah because you bring him back. If he doesn't play for this game, the Raps' next game isn't until next Saturday. So you might as well just give him the one more game off and let him come back next Saturday, have a full extra week to just rest and rehab. So it's an interesting, it's it's very interesting. Very interesting. I want to see how it goes on, but it's a great test for the Raps for sure to see how that would work out. Um, what else we got here? More comments. Uh, Norm can't match up against most threes defensively. I mean... OG would be your three, right? In your starting lineup. So Norm's mostly, you're talking about two guards. Um, Sanjay says, Norm with back-to-back -back 30 pieces. Didn't think I'll, I'd be saying that this season. Norm's just, I don't know if that's that Mamba mentality. I don't know if it's watching uh, Kawhi cook from a whole season. I don't know what it is, but Norm's been in the lab and my guy is confident. Uh so Gordon's asking, who do I think the first line should be? Um, yeah, I definitely think the starting lineup, again, should be Kyle, Norm, OG, Pascal, and Marc Gasol. 
That's what I think. You have Freddie coming off the bench. And to back up Boston's point, I think the biggest reason is just because you want Kyle and Fred, one of them, to be on the floor at all times. That way you're not running into trouble. And I bet you, I bet you, we've seen Terrence Davis struggle a little bit as of late, right? And I bet you that having one of Kyle or Fred on the court with him instead of Patrick McCaw would definitely help Terrence Davis's game a lot more. That way he's not pressing. That way, if you notice, I feel like a lot of his shots have turned into just settling for three-pointers as well. I just think everything will be better served with both of those guys available and on the floor at all times. You guys have been great rocking with us here on these late night games. One more to go as the Raptors are in Utah, which will be a very tough game as they got a lot of a lot of stuff from the starters, not much from the bench. And you got to also remember the last time the Raptors played Utah, they ran them out of the gym in Toronto. So I would think that Utah might be remembering that game and might want to come out with a better effort. I mean, the Raptors have shown signs that they don't basically just come out and get blown out. But if there was a game where you're going to look at and you're, you would say, okay, I understand, it might be tomorrow in Utah. Raps on the second night of a back-to-back. Utah's at home. Utah got smashed by the Raps in Toronto the last time they played. Raptors having heavy minutes from their starters tonight, not much from their bench at all. I mean, I've been surprised by the Raptors on many occasions this season. And if they come out and, and have a solid game tomorrow and win in Utah, I will be thoroughly impressed by the Toronto Raptors. But hey, at this point, I got to stop being surprised by this Raps team in the regular season, right? <laughs> like, that's really where we're at. I got to stop being surprised by the Raps at this point. There's a bunch of good comments here still coming in, so I'll, I'll read a couple more. Alex says, Fred can help stabilize the bench, but I agree. It depends on the matchup, who starts and who comes off the bench. Uh, and again, I'm loving the backcourt of Norm and Kyle. Freddie should come off the bench for the first three games when he returns. Uh, totally agree as well. And, oh, sorry, I hit the wrong button there. But also... Just the way that this team works and the way that Nick Nurse has been able to juggle and like there's nobody really upset about the minutes. It just goes to show just kind of what the Raps have here. And I wonder what happens when this team is at full strength. How many minutes does Rondé get? Chris Boucher didn't play at all tonight. Uh, Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, what happens there when Freddie comes back? A lot of interesting things down the stretch for the Toronto Raptors. And I also believe that you want to give Kyle a bit of a rest at some point. Because Kyle has been playing really, really well this season. But carrying a huge load for this Toronto Raptors team. 30 points for Kyle tonight. 10 of 15 shooting. 6 of 10. Wow. Solid night for Kyle Lowry. Solid night for the Toronto Raptors as they win again, 118 to 113. Thank you guys for tuning in to this The Wrap It Up podcast as you do live and interactive on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Same thing goes for Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, we repackage this and it ends up online for your morning commute where you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, YouTube, all that fun stuff. We're here for you, the Wrap It Up podcast, to break down everything going on in Raptors land, night in and night out, and also take your comments, as this is going to be a very interesting 
stretch run for the Toronto Raptors. A lot of decisions to be made. And hey, Nick Nurse has been doing it so far. And as Nick Nurse continues to be in that coach of the year debate, he's got some interesting moves to be made down the stretch. And we'll be right here to break it down with you. And of course, continue to comment on wherever this podcast is posted because the conversation continues. We got a good solid base of people that interact with the pod so the conversation continues whether we're on the air or not just wherever you see the podcast even in my twitter feed the comment section is on fire especially on that youtube uh the youtube comments it gets pretty heated but it's good basketball talk by diehard raptors fans and that's why we're here on uh sunday night it's now 12 30 on the east coast and hey this is why we created this platform for big games like this where the raptors come up and win very interesting games kind of want to debrief so here we are tried to do that for you and hopefully you enjoyed it because again my name is sean alexander and as always i used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is the wrap it up on blast raps post game show as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time which is very soon quick turnaround tomorrow in utah See ya. Boom, blast.